Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Welcome back to our number two of the ESPN 1320 Insiders. Get ready for the most up-to-date sports news and talk with the ESPN 1320 Insiders. Welcome back into our number two. I am James Ham. Joining me, Jesse Tapia. No Kyle Madsen this week, but just because we don't have Kyle doesn't mean we don't talk 49ers. Uh, San Francisco 49ers are, of course, playing in the NFC Championship game this weekend. Uh, huge, huge, huge game for the Niners. We're talking... Sunday night primetime, right? 5 p.m. start, something like that? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so this is uh, this is what you play for right here. And uh, they're playing a Detroit Lions team that is sort of like Cinderella, right? This is uh, Are they, though, or have we just not given respect? Okay. Because they did, they did end the season on that winning streak um, last season, and it's like they have they – have, They've they've um took care of business this year. Like have we have we not given them the respect? Do you think? Well, I think it's possible, but like I think the parallels with the Sacramento Kings are like just so sitting there, right, smacking you in the face. Like this is a, a franchise that has not been able to do anything for decades, right? When's the last playoff win? Was like nineteen ninety one. Yeah, ninety one. I think. Yeah, I just, think they were before this playoff um little run they've had. I think they were one in seven since nineteen seventy in the playoffs. You weren't alive when the Detroit. Lions won their last playoff game before this last week. Nope. This this last couple of weeks, right? Wasn't even thought of. You weren't even thought of. No. So, yeah. That, I mean, that's that's crazy. And so what we're seeing, and that's where I compared them. Like, even the, the Kings had the great run in the 2000s, um, and, and Detroit's never had that. Like, Detroit has had some one-offs, but, like, realistically, they haven't been. Yeah, no sustainability at all from Detroit. No, they've even had superstars, right? You know, the Barry Sanders, the, the Megatrons of the world. Like they've had superstar players, just not enough of them, and never at you know enough to piece everything together. So, but this is a different team, man. And you bring up that they've they've like ripped through the last you know half of the season. They they've been a very good team. I, I even think that they probably should be the number one seed if they weren't just like I don't know. Like, if the Niners didn't have the year that they had, yeah, you could argue. Well, no, I would say if if they were smart enough just to kick an extra point as opposed to and, and play for overtime. Yeah, it's I guess one of the downfalls of having a football guy as your head coach. I guess, but like, what did you go for it five times and didn't get it? And, yes, yeah. that one point just get out of your way, Dan Campbell. Uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm not sold that that that's the best way to do things. And I was actually watching something on this yesterday. Uh, I think it's Michael Wilbon. He made such a great point. He's like. This the advanced statistics say, like go for it, right? The advanced statistics, but the advanced statistics are completely contorted by teams like Philadelphia with the tush push, 
So, yes, as a whole, the league says that you might should do that. But as an individual team, you have to know your strengths and your weaknesses. Not everyone is created differently from the two-yard line. And some teams has, have a quarterback that can scramble, that can get you that two no matter what. Some, some teams have a running back that can, you know, plow through and, and go get you the two-point conversion. Other teams just don't have it. Yeah, have do what works for you. Yes, exactly. And I, I don't feel like, again, I, I, the Lions should be the number one seed. If they would have just kicked the extra point and gone, and there was a chance that they would be the number one seed if they would have just gone to overtime and played the game out, uh, which was, what, week 17, uh, 18? I think it was 17, I think. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, those are things that actually come back to bite you. But this team is, like, what is it that scares you the most? Because I, I'm going through their numbers. Man, this is a really, really good offensive team. So, David Montgomery finished with 1,045 yards uh, rushing, 13 touchdowns. But Jameer Gibbs, 945 rushing, 11 touchdowns total, and then 316 receiving. That should say receiving. But, like, those two running backs are like thunder and lightning and especially Gibbs is so fast. He gets out in the open field. You're in trouble. Yeah. I think that's what scares me about Detroit going into this game for the 49ers is their run game. Cause I think teams have had some, like the 49ers defense obviously has been great all year, but if you're going to find somewhere where you can maybe find a crack or something like that, you're going to get in with your running game. It was working for the green Bay at one point um, last week until they just stopped. But um, yeah, I think with Detroit, what scares me most is Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery. They've had Gibbs on a pitch count, um, um, for lack of a better term, pitch count all season. Just kind of, they've been kind of like just easing them in there. And I feel like now they're letting them go and it's working perfectly. I was kind of against it, just given they spent a first round pick on the guy. But I mean, Dan Campbell knows what he's doing. I guess he does. Uh, I, I was hard on him early in the season because I thought, like, what are you doing? Last season's running back tan- tandem of uh, DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams was incredible. I mean, Williams had like 22 touchdowns. Like, you had two guys that, that were doing the job that you wanted them to do you know, sort of the thunder and lightning thing. They mix it up, and they're right back in, you know, now they're in the NFC Championship game. I think a big part of it is the running backs. Uh, We were talking last week and, you know, even early this week about, you know, of the four remaining quarterbacks that, you know, Brock Purdy might not be the best. Well, he he might be the fourth best at this point, uh, especially just the way he's playing and his experience level. But if we back it up a week and we're looking at the eighth best quarterbacks, the eight quarterbacks that were remaining, I, I don't think that we had Jared Goff nearly as high as we should have. Yeah, Goff has been, he's kind of been flying under the radar this season. Because I think if you look at his numbers, he's been up there with the Purdy's and all those guys that have been up there for MVP and all that. Yeah, and I, I think he has been ignored as a like a potential. I mean, like we all know Lamar Jackson's getting the MVP, right? Yeah, easily. So I'm not going to like like try to change the direction of what's happening here. But the uh, the passing yards, I was shocked. I was shocked to see what Goff had for for this season, and like just absolutely remarkable. He finishes the season with forty five seventy five, forty five hundred and seventy five yards, thirty touchdowns, twelve interceptions, and Amon Ross St. Brown has fifteen hundred and fifteen yards receiving, and and ten touchdowns. Where again, I think you hear so much about Brandon Ayuk and the breakout season he has. Amon Ross St. Brown had a better season. Yeah, they Detroit is drafted about as well as it can get. You got two guys, Sam Laporta and um, Gibbs, um, and then running for Rookie of the Year. They were one of the two of the six finalists, and then like you said, they drafted Amon Ross St. Brown. I think it was last season or maybe the year before. But either way, he's the guy who's developing into one of the top receivers in the league. 
Yeah, I, I mean, he's absolutely spectacular. And you mentioned Laporta, and, uh, you know, shout out to our guy, Faraz Siddiqui. He told us uh, before the season started, hey, make sure when you're going into your fantasy football draft, you draft. I, li- I listened to Faraz on that one. I got Laporta in one of my leagues. It did help. Yeah, I really wish I would have because I, I think throughout the season he ended up being the number one overall tight end just because of yards and touchdowns. And it's always so tough finding tight ends in fantasy. Yeah, I, I usually wait and wait and wait, and I waited long enough where I should have just drafted Laporta, and then we didn't, and I it kicked myself like the whole time. Um, yeah, Jared Goff finished second in the NFL in passing yards at, just behind Tua Tagliavoa. Uh, Tagliavoa. Tagliavoa. There, thank you. Uh, yeah, and, and right ahead of uh, Dak Prescott. So, and Brock Purdy finished top five. You know, he, he's up there, but um, I think you overlook just how potent their offense is, and they can really, really cook. Like, if if the Niners don't come in with the right mindset, I think it could easily be a blowout the other way. Like, the Lions could easily walk in and, and rattle the Niners and, and do something like 31-13. Like I could see the, the Niners like get frustrated and fold up shop. I, I would hope that that wouldn't happen, but it's possible because of the the potential offensive, you know, like gameplay of, of of the Lions. Is Debo Samuel playing the X factor for the 49ers for you? I don't know. Like, Bro, I've got I've got numbers. I've got numbers. Okay, all you right. Got, you got numbers. I got numbers. So Debo Samuel on the field for their offense yards per play they got seven point one yards per rush five point six, and then um, Brock's QBR seventy four. Off the field, they only average 5.6 yards per play, 3.6 yards per rush, and his QBR is 65. I never really bought into, like, Debo's out, so that's going to affect the offense, just given you got McCaffrey, Kittle, Ayuk. I like Jawan Jennings. Like, you got weapons on offense, but I feel like the numbers do say they do take a little bit of a step back when he's not out there. No, I mean, it takes away the, like, the end around. You don't have another player like him. Uh, and not only that, but I don't think the Niners know how to use another player like him. So it does, it, it causes a problem because when the focus is so much on, on McCaffrey, that's how the dynamic with Debo coming off that, that like end around and stuff, right? Like a lot of that is because you have another running back who's so good. If you try to put McCaffrey in that position and everyone knows it's coming and, and you don't have McCaffrey to set up that, that run, then it changes everything. So unless you can find somebody else, uh, I would like to maybe see them, like, give Mitchell a shot out there. Like, if you're going to do the end around, like, give somebody else a shot that actually has the potential to go and bust something open. Because I don't think, like, Ayuk isn't really that guy. Juwan Jennings isn't really that guy. Like, on third down, I'm fine with Juwan Jennings being in the passing game, right? I, I actually think that he's totally undervalued, and I think the Niners should go to him more. I think he's a good wide receiver. But uh, but overall, yeah, sure. Uh, like Debo is a an exciting piece that changes the dynamic of the team and something again the Lions don't have. They don't have that guy that can do that. They do have some you know quality exciting players, but it's just a different element. So maybe he is the X factor. I've yeah. talked myself into it. Good yeah. question. Going going into the game, I think I'm leaning Detroit. But I think I think you know, I think it'll be a close game. I think I think both teams will be on their A game. It'll be a fun one, definitely. Okay. I don't think maybe I, I'm not giving the Niners enough respect by not picking them, but that's okay. Like I and I I'm not sure that it's going to be a close game. I don't really feel that way. I think it's going to be a game that goes one way or the other. Like either it's going to be a big Lions win or a big a big 49ers win. All right, we're going to step aside. Uh, when we come back. We're going to shift gears. We're going to go back to, uh, I think, Sacramento Kings basketball. 
because it's what we do here. So you're listening to The Insiders on ESPN 1320. We'll be back in just a minute. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Now, back to the Insiders with James Hamm and Kyle Matson, Brought to you by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320. Welcome back into the Insiders. No Kyle Madsen today. He is sipping on a coconut shelled cocktail in the beautiful on the beautiful island of Kauai. While he listens to the Insiders. While he listens to the Insiders religiously and stresses out about what's happening. Um, do, do you check in on like work and stuff like that? Like on like when you're on vacation, do you like check in with like the shows or anything like that? Or are you just completely like just cut off from your work? I don't check in on shows. I do not stop working. So, except for Alaska, when I I did the the cruise to Alaska the, uh, right before the season started, yeah, yeah. the problem there was very specific. The Wi-Fi was was horrific. Oh yeah, you're cached at that point. No, no might as but, well just enjoy your time on the cruise. Yeah, but I I mean I was like breaking news from Puerto Vallarta during uh during the build up to uh, free agency. Yeah, you can't beat that. No, it was nice. Yeah, I, you know, and the Wi-Fi. I've, I, I think I said this last week. What happened? I, I got news that the Kings were back negotiating, negotiating with Harrison Barnes, right? Um, and I send out a tweet, and literally says, you know, Kings are back negotiating with Harrison Barnes after a two week hiatus or whatever. I don't know exactly what I, what the tweet said, but um, the Wi-Fi went out right then, so I didn't know if it sent or not. And so I'm sitting there. It's like a thunderstorm outside. Power goes out for a minute. Everything can't, comes back on. I open up my phone. I look to see, oh, look, I've got I've got service again. Boom. It had gone out like 23 minutes earlier, and I had like... like just made my, it. My phone had just been destroyed. That's hilarious. Like, while I was gone. But yeah, it's, it's sometimes that's the way it works. Um, I can't shut off. Are you telling the fam like, hey guys, like they just called HB. I gotta, like I gotta go up and work now. Oh, totally, 
Yeah, 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 totally. Um, and my wife understands, like, uh, she might not always like, but that's if you're, like, doing the tropics thing where, uh-huh. where you know, you're sitting around the pool the whole day and it's like, hey, I got to go up. We got something brewing. Um, that's one thing. Like, if I am in Europe, uh, like, you know, touring with the kids, like, that's a lot more. Uh, yeah, I got gotcha. It's a lot different. And I usually, if I ever do stuff like that, it's in a very specific time frame where I know there's not used to, yeah, I used to tr- tr- strategically planned it out. Yeah, it's like from July 15th to the end of August, there's a window there. Even the first two, week, two weeks of September, you can get away with doing something like that. But like if you travel with other people, you don't always get to choose the dates. And that's why, you know, sometimes you do end up on, on vacation at the wrong time. But again, I don't ever look at it that way. Like, I mean, how many times have I brought my laptop to, to dinner? And had to like literally pull the laptop out and start writing while we're sitting out to dinner, me and the wife. And then again, ha- handing my laptop to my wife and having her edit so I, it can go out the door. It's a team effort. Yeah, it is a team effort. So yeah. And then we just expense that dinner. Perfect. <laughs> um, yeah, we, we've got, uh, I don't know, we just talked about how I think the, the Timberwolves and the Thunder and the Pelicans, they, they've leapfrogged the Kings, but I'm not sure that they've totally leapfrogged the, te- the Kings to where it's, you can't come back this season and, and actually be a better team and actually get further in the playoffs. I still think that that's a possibility. But, like, Jesse, if you were, I mean, you watch this team, like how badly do they need to make a trade? So let's talk through this. Because um, you look at it, like this year, I think even as inconsistent as they've been, I think they can – they can get to the first round of the playoffs. I don't know if they're winning that round, but I think that's as far as they can go. Maybe the second round, maybe if they just get hot at the right time. So, like, the way I look at it is, like, I think if you want to be better than that, yes, you do need to make a move. But looking bigger picture, like, can you make that move in the offseason? Like, would it be a wasted year if they got to the first round of the playoffs and lost? I don't think it would be a wasted year because because of one specific reason, and that's Keegan Murray. Like if Keegan Murray continues to take the leap that he's taking right now, and if we get to the end of the season and he's 17 and a half or 18 points a game, and and now you know that you have your third scorer, and next season you expect him to make that leap to 20, then no, it's not a wasted season. Because I'll turn that around and say, okay, like you got Keegan, but we also had DeMontis Sabonis playing all NBA basketball again. Same with De'Aaron Fox. Like people say, like the Kings for a general team or whatever has five years in their window, four years in their window. That's all nice, but it's like windows do shut fast too. So it's like, like how do you find the in-between maximizing those two? You know you know what I'm saying? Just kind of getting the most out of it before it runs out. I'm with you, but I, I would counter with if Fox was 29 and Sabonis was 30, I don't want to waste a year. And I'm not saying that this is a wasted year, and that's how I would frame it. Like this isn't a wasted year. It's a year where you understood that a few things happened. Like, number one, you had some players who did not play up to their potential. Uh, number two, you have some players, some ideas that you tried. Um, let's say, you know, like the Chris Duarte thing as an idea. It did not work. Or at least to, to date, it hasn't worked. You know, you brought in some veteran centers. Like, did that work or did it not? Can you Can you do another year with something like that or do you have to change things up? You know, so... I do honestly think that that this is a year where you are still figuring things out, but they also this is a year where you you walked in with some duplicate uh, pieces, 
that you you didn't address. Like again, the the fact that you have Trey Lyles and Sasha Vizenkov as your backup four, and you you really can't play them together. Like we've seen that again and again that you can't play them together unless you try them at the five and the, the four and the five. What we've seen is Lyles at the four and Sasha at the three. That hasn't really worked. So like there's a lot of things that I think just straight up you probably already know that you can't push forward with. Yeah. And and so, I don't know. We, we know at this point, Davion Mitchell is not your backup point guard moving forward. Like, I, I'm not speaking out yeah, of Yeah, that's, that's that's kind of, it's run its course at this point. Yeah, the, we all know. We've seen it. Yeah, the ship sailed. So I, I would be surprised if Davion Mitchell was still on the team at, after February 8th. But if he is, I'd be very surprised if he was still on the team next season. And that's, I've said it a million times, it's not because I think he's a bad player. I think he's a bad fit. So I, I think the Kings are in a position where I do think they have to make a deal. Like you can see the problems. You can see that you're you have too many similar players at the three and the four that that can't work fully together. Some of them can, but you can't have four guys, none of which are super athletic, shot blocker, you know, like you got a bunch of shooters, that's good. You got a bunch of solid NBA players, but but you don't have the right mixture there. And so I, I think that that's, you know, there's only one guy in that group who you would put in the category of like plus defender, and that's Keegan. And so you have to address some of those things moving forward. Yeah, I think I think you said it right there because it's like um, like last year, the conversation all year was kind of like, all right, well, we see this Kings team is improving. Like they're getting better. Like there's a there's there's progress being made finally. Like what do they need? Is it the third player? Is it maybe a better defensive player or whatever? But it wasn't known. I think now you look at it because I think if they weren't to make a move and they get to the playoffs and they lose or whatever, like that's fine. You still have years on this, um, years on this little rebuild that you're doing. So grand scheme of things, like it's not going to hurt you or whatever. You can make next year better. But I think, like you said, it you know what you need to fix already. Like it's all right there in front of you. So I wouldn't I wouldn't waste any time about it if I'm Monty McNair. If you know what's what what needs to be done or whatever, then I feel like you got to go out and go do it. Yeah, I think the problem is that he has done that, and I don't know that the deal has been there for him. Yeah, that's fair. And, and that's tough because sometimes it doesn't matter how many picks you offer. It doesn't matter. Like, again, you brought up Mikhail, Takes two to make a deal. Mikhail Bridges, right? Yeah, like the Kings would love to get Mikhail Bridges. That would be perfect. You know, he's 28 years old. He fits the player arc. He, he's under a great contract. He doesn't make a lot of money. He fits, you know, he can play the three and the four. Like the, the switchability with him and Keegan Murray would be like, oh, my gosh, look what you have, right? That would be wild. That would be a spectacular. But – you probably can't do that deal. Like you're probably, I don't think that you can even amass, even if they do decide to trade him, I don't think you can amass the assets to go do that deal. Yeah. Cause someone I'm sure is going to try and top three first round picks and a pick swap or whatever the Kings could offer, I guess. No, totally. And, and that's where you've got to be realistic and like, okay, if, if it's not him, then who's the next guy. And, and I know that that's what they've been doing. They've been sifting through, you know, they make phone calls all the time. They're always working and, and trying to look at the thing in a different way. It's why we start hearing like the murmurs about Jeremy Grant or, you know, the Kyle Kuzma stuff pops up or, you know, how far they got along with, um, with Pascal Siakam. And, you know, some of these things, they work and you're like, okay, let's, let's do this. But sometimes you sit down with a player and say, okay, what are you looking for in a contract extension? And they say, I'm looking for max money. And it's like, okay, well, the conversation just ended because that, you can't afford to pay, you know, a guy, you know, $50 million for half of a five-year deal or a five-year 50. You can't afford that if you're the Kings moving forward just because you have to pay the other guys. 
So I think it's it's so complex in how you have to build a team and how you have to address certain needs. But I also don't think that this team right now needs like a a quick fix. They don't need like a like a just a swap out of a, the ninth, tenth, eleventh, twelfth guy on the roster. That's not what they need. Like if they're going to get back in the conversation, they need a shakeup, and the shakeup has to be within the rotation, maybe even the starting lineup, and helps you push forward. We're coming up against it right now, but do you think that like maybe we can talk about it coming from on the other side of the break? But do you think they think they need to make a deal? I absolutely do. Let's let's hit that after the break. So you're listening to the insiders brought to you by Jiffy Lube. We'll be back in just a minute. Now, back to the insiders with James Ham and Kyle Madsen. Brought to you by Jiffy Lube on ESPN thirteen twenty. Welcome back into the Insiders on ESPN 1320. We have a bunch of games coming up, uh, play-by-play here on ESPN 1320. Thursday at 4 p.m., the NBA, uh, we have Celtics at Heat. Friday at 4.45, we have the NCAA Big Ten, Michigan State at number 13, Wisconsin. Uh, Saturday, uh, more NCAA basketball. We have number three, North Carolina at Florida State. And then on Saturday, we also have some NBA action, 76ers at Nuggets, a battle of the best two Giants in the league. I don't even think that's like a question mark. Those are the best two Giants in the league. Uh, and then Demonis Simonis, I believe, is the third best Giant in the league. That's um, fair. Man, the the way that Embiid, my goodness. Uh, I brought this up yesterday, but... When you're averaging 35 points a game, in order to maintain 35 points a game is so incredibly difficult, right? Because that means that every game you need to be around 35, 36, 37. Some games you can have a little bit of a let off, but at 30, your number's going to come quickly. 40 plus games into the season, or at least for him, like game 32 for him in the season, he was able to increase his scoring average by a full, more than a full point in one game despite the fact that he's averaging 35 a game. See, and for a big man to do that too, I think is just so much more incredible, just given like, like it's so much like, because you've seen, I think we've seen Embiid like burn out in the playoffs and all that, just because they keep playing through and playing through and playing through and it's just the point where it's just too much for the guy. But the fact that he's been able to do this, like you said, through half the season already is just crazy. Yeah, I, I think it's absolutely wild. What was the question we were discussing right before we went to break? So we were asking before if we thought that the Kings think, or if we thought the Kings should need to make a deal. I asked going into the break, do they think they need to make a deal? Absolutely. Yes. Because you, you look at it, I'm sure Monty McNair is looking at this team right now. Like, they're not where I'm sure he expected them to be as far as, like, the record and what they were last year is about the same or not. But you'd expect them to be a lot better leading, um, coming off of their little playoff um, first-round exit against the Warriors. And I think Mike Brown, what kind of makes me think about Mike Brown is we have not seen him put together, like, one set rotation yet. He just seems like he's kind of just searching all year. I think his rotation is set, but the back three dudes or two guys on the rotation fluctuate. And and I think that's okay. Like when I'm watching the rotation, I actually see the rotation and how it's working, right? I see when Fox comes out, I see when Sabonis comes out, I see when Malik Monk is in, when he takes over as the lead point guard versus the second guy. I see like all of the rotations that we're talking about. I totally see it. The only difference is some nights you're you're using Chris Duarte as a starting shooting guard because Kevin Herter had been in a long funk. Or sometimes you have an injury and you got to move out. Sometimes you want to try Alex Len, and sometimes you want to try JaVale McGee. 
right? And I don't think that those things are all that different. But I would point to like Chris Duarte being in the rotation, Keon Ellis being in the rotation. Okay, now the guy that's in the rotation is Davion Mitchell. It's not those guys. And because you have positional flexibility with guys like Fox being able to play the two, Monk being able to play the one and the two, uh, Herter being able to play the two and the three, you can do that. You can start using guys in different positions a little bit, but it's the same basic concept that you're going with. Gotcha. And so I think that Mike Brown is pretty straight up with with what he's doing. I also think we can go back and see five and six game blocks of players getting an opportunity. And you can say, well, he didn't really get an opportunity. It's like, hey, if you can't show me what I need to see in five or six games, then you got to go a different direction. And and that's okay when it's the back end of the rotation. So I don't know. I'd even say that we've seen, you know, Sasha be in and out of the rotation. But you can't play everybody. You can't play Sasha and Chris Duarte, like if you're also playing Malik Monk and uh, and Kevin Herter major minutes. Like it, it, there's just not enough minutes to go around for everybody to sort of get a bite of the apple. If, if you were Mike Brown, like what would if you're Mike Brown, you're going up to Monty McNair. Like what do you need for this team? It's the same list that we've talked. Same about. list. No, I I believe it is like, and maybe it's more specific, right? And and I hope I don't see Mike. And, and Monty and Wes together all the time, right? Um, we talked about this with Jerry yesterday. Like the symbiotic relationship that that has to happen for success between a coach and a front office, it's so crucial. And I, we saw it. It was so brilliant with Rick Adelman and Jeff Petrie. But you have to remember that, number one, they played together. They were actual, you know, they both played on the same NBA team. And then they were together in Portland doing the same exact thing. Jeff will tell you he didn't build the Portland Trailblazers championship roster, but he did like he was the next guy who took over that roster. And like, but they were together there. And then in Sacramento, they were together. And you definitely saw that that Jeff Petrie had a guy that he was looking for all the time. And Rick Adelman had a guy he was asking for all the time. And sometimes you had to try some things. You know, even like with Jerry, we talked about it yesterday, the, the Keon Clark thing. Like, Keon Clark, on paper, may have looked like a brilliant fit, but and and you had to try it to see if it would work. Just like you had to bring in Greg Ostertag. Or you, like, there are guys that they brought into that group, right, that you had to give it a shot. Jim Jackson played one year. But the core group is what we're talking about. Like the six, seven, eight guys that are really who are playing. Yeah, your main, your main guys. Yeah, they're your main guys. Those are the ones that have to be so on the same page with your coach and your front office. And I would say to date, like if you would have asked Mike Brown, like who would you prefer if we, if we're gonna go chase Sasha Vizenkov and bring him over, or player X that is a defensive minded whatever, he would have said, go get me the defensive minded guy. But that's not where this team was going. And that's yeah. not, you know, so have they been perfect? I don't think so. Um, I, I, you know, like, have they made some missteps? Have they, yeah, like every front office does. But I don't think that they've, like, whatever's happened is so egregious. They, they've they built a, what should be a sustainable playoff winner in, in Sacramento. Yeah, there is context to the season that they had, like, have had it so far. Like, even though yeah. they have been inconsistent and all that, they are games over, like, I think five, six games over 500, if not for that four-game winning st- or losing streak that they just went on. They were, what, nine games at the time? I think they were over 500? Yeah. Yeah, yeah so, like, it, 
this inconsistency has been like it's not it's not all bad. No, it's not all bad. And, and so what I would say, like if if we were to compare this team right here to like the the early two thousands Kings, right? I don't think this team needs a Chris Weber, and I don't think they need a Mike Bibby, like just a a straight up scorer, right? I don't think they need even uh you probably have your Pasha Stoyakovich in and Keegan Murray, right? So we could break it down that way. Like you got Fox. I think Fox is is a much better player than Mike Bibby was, but you understand that Yeah, you've got your guys. That's the same type of guy. You have mm-hmm. Sabonis and Sabonis and Chris Weber, the same type of guys, right? What this team really has to find is the Doug Christie, is the guy that ties the whole thing together. And you saw it with Chris Duarte why they might be looking to go get that guy, right? They even have Bobby Jackson. Bobby Jackson, Malik Monk is their Bobby Jackson on the in this analogy, right? But you have to find that one other guy. That and that's what I will keep saying. They they're missing that one other guy. And I don't know that it has to be a player who's way up here, but it has to be a player who's really, really, really good. And to be honest, I think there's a time where Harrison Barnes was kind of that guy for this team. But that time has come and gone. Yeah. And his his ability to carve out that niche within the like within the rotation and within the offense and all that stuff, it's not there right now. So you have to find that one other guy and hope it's the right guy because, you know, people forget it was like Tariq Abdul ahead. It was Nick Anderson. Like there were other options before they got to, uh, you know, Anthony Peeler, before they got to Doug Christie. And Doug just happened to be the right guy. And so going out there and just saying, hey, go trade for this guy, go trade for that guy. That doesn't usually work. What you have to go trade is for the exact right guy. If you want to take this leap to to take this team to a whole nother level. And again, I don't think it has to be a Pascal Siakam. Is it an Alex Caruso? Maybe. But I would even put Alex Caruso in. It probably, like, just because I like to bang the same exact drum all the time. Mm. It was probably OG Ananobi. Yeah. Yeah. If there yeah. was ever one, it was him. Yeah. So, I, I mean, again, if you want to get to Mikhail Bridges, yeah, sure. Okay. But getting a guy like Mikel Bridges is totally different, and that's a like as far as like salary and top end, that's a higher end player than what I'm talking about. But you need to find that guy that like sticks the whole thing back together, that glues the whole thing back together. Because I think at this point, that's what you're you're kind of lacking is that glue that's holding the whole thing uh, and making it go from a collection of players to a really, really, really good team. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point because, like I said, I mean, this year has been four guys usually turn it up. Maybe you get a fifth to play well or whatever, but, like, last year was completely different. It was everyone on a string, basically. Well, that and last year, sure, they took turns, right? You had mm-hmm. De'Aaron Fox and you had DeMontis Bonus putting up big numbers every night. But one night it'd be Keegan and Kevin. One night it'd be Kevin and uh, Harrison. One night it'd be Harrison and Malik. Like, all of these guys, they took turns having big nights. And I think what we've seen this season is is pretty consistent. Like there are four guys. Like every time I go to write my game, you know, it's it's always the same. Yeah, it's Fox and Bonus, um, Malik and Keegan. Yeah, that's and that's it. And then you're hoping that some of these other guys step up, and you start seeing like pieces of who Kevin Herter was last year, or pieces of who you know Harrison Barnes has been throughout his career. But I'd say you still need a whole bunch of other players. Like I, I don't, I don't know a whole bunch of other players. You need another substantial. Like, better than Harrison Barnes today level player to make this team, make me feel like this team is on their path back. Got it. Like, 
Hmm. I'm thinking something about rap. Those in like names like Marcus Smart. Like, does that name do it for you at all? I know he's hurt right now, but I think it'd be tealed up around mid-February. I think. You no, know, I I would take Marcus Smart, and I mean one of the reasons you take Marcus Smart is because Marcus Smart makes makes life a lot easier on a guy like Harrison Barnes. And and again, I think some of this, some of the reason why we're so hard on some of these players is is really unfair because it's not like the Kings don't have someone else to go up against Brandon Ingram. So it falls on Harrison Barnes and everyone says, Harrison Barnes can't defend Brandon Ingram. Okay, but like, they don't have that player who can defend Brandon Ingram. And maybe Keegan Murray becomes that player and it and it takes some of the stress off. But I think a lot of times you get so wrapped up in what a player isn't that you forget that, you know, if you have an elite defensive shooting guard, then that takes so much pressure off the other three guys on the back line. If you have a guy who's averaging three and a half blocks a game as your center, that makes the guard play a lot look a lot better. Their defense look a lot better. If you have a safety behind you, a safety net, that's where you have to look at each individual player and how they're pieced together and, and then a whole a team as a whole and try to make sense of it. Because it's it's really tough to like say okay JaVale McGee and Alex Lynn, you know they're just not the shot blocker you need uh, when they don't get to play alongside Sabonis because they can't play alongside Sabonis. So you need what you need is a shot blocker that can play alongside Sabonis. You don't just need a shot blocker, and and that's where I think it gets a little complex. I think I answered it earlier. I don't know if you got to. Um, so do you think after this road trip they look different? I do. Yeah. I do. I, I think they look different. I think we saw a swan song from a couple of these guys. I might be wrong, though. But, you know, like, it, it could definitely go a different direction. It's, it's going to be interesting just because, like, they're kind of just teetering on the line of, like, just regular playoff team to, like, just we talked about earlier, just get into that OKC, that Minnesota, that New, even New Orleans type of tier right now. I think, though, you make a good point, though, when you asked, well, what happens if they don't make a move? Because it's possible that that could have the same galvanizing effect it had last year that all of a sudden the pieces fall into place and we see the stress release from, you know, all of this anxiety and everything else that they're dealing with right now. Yeah, because I'm sure like Harrison Barnes knows what it is. He has a 15% trade kicker on his contract, right? Yeah. So I'm sure like that's just common knowledge. Like, hey, we might trade you. This is what this, this is here for or whatever. It's to swing it up for you. So yeah, I'm sure coming out of trade deadline, no one's trade. You kind of just like take that deep breath. Well, also, let's go back to the conversation with Jerry yesterday. Jerry said, like, look, when when you see your players' names out there, you do pull them aside and you are honest with them and you do express like, this is what's going on. We need you to be a pro, but if we have to make a move here, we will make a move. And I also even think this summer when they made that, they, the decision to bring him back, they had that same exact dis discussion. Like, Hey, look, when we get to November, December, January, you're going to hear your name and there's nothing we can do about that. But what the Kings needed as much as they needed Harrison Barnes they needed the placeholder that is Harrison Barnes' contract. They need a player that makes 17, 18, 19 million over the next three years, which isn't a crazy number. It's not a number that's untradeable, but it's also a number that if you're going to make a deal for a $30 million player, you have to come close in matching salary. And one of the easiest ways to do it is to use a chunk player, a chunk salary contract like Harrison Barnes. And so don't forget, like, again, this offseason, they couldn't make trades at the trade deadline. I mean, at the during draft day, because they didn't have enough contracts. They didn't have any contracts that they could actually move. And so, I just think it's it's one of those things that there's so many pieces to 
like the puzzle to, to put this whole thing together. And you always have to kind of figure out how it is that you're going to like, not just get through the minefield for today, but this, the decision they make has ramifications for the next three, four five years. Like you could make a move right now that ends any hope of you signing Malik Monk this offseason. Yeah, it's just it's just it's it's insane because like you said, like there's like that, that one move that you can maybe you make a move and it's just you're out of the Malik Monk branding now. But there's also the move you can make. Oh, we kind of this isn't gonna work now. We just kind of shortened our window. It's just like money's got that one thing he's kind of got to cash in on. It's just it's, it's you wonder like what that's gonna be. I agree, and, and I don't think that there's a lot of moves that he could make which would totally shorten your window. I mean, there are moves you could make that would be like, oh, what have you done? Like that, that means more so like you trade for a guy and everyone thinks it's good, but it's more so like, oh, this isn't fitting or whatever. Well, the problem is, is it not fitting and can you not get out from underneath that contract? Yeah, that's a good point. That becomes one of the bigger questions. It's like, do you bring in an albatross, something that you move on from and, and a player that even if you can move on from, you're not going to get value or you're going to have this gaping hole. And the problem that you're always going to have is like the escalating salaries of your core is going to keep going up and there's going to come a point where you don't even have the option to go out and get one of these players. And if you lose one of these pieces, you don't have the money to replace them. And so that's kind of where we were this offseason. Let's uh let's bring in Casey. Uh from Almost. D-Lo and Casey. Well, it's D but that's fine. Oh my hi, goodness. Hi. It's, my it's, goodness. It's me, James. There hi, James. Go. What hi. happens to everyone, I guess? Hey, hit you hit you with the old Luke Walton. Hi, James. Hi, James. Hi, James. Uh What's going on, man? Oh, man. We're just here, baby. We're ready to go. No Kings basketball last night. No Kings basketball tonight. It was a wild night in the NBA. Yeah. Wild. It, was, it was insane. <laughs> a couple I, of wild nights this week. Like, I don't like I don't, I don't. don't know what year it is that CNN Sports is breaking news. That was and, wild because I was watching it yesterday getting ready for the Lakers-Clippers game, and Adam Lefko was just kind of sitting there. We have breaking news. Doc Rivers is the Milwaukee Bucks head coach. You're like, bro, like you seem like you're gonna say something like way more serious or whatever. Yeah, I just uh, the, the whole the whole CNN sports thing is is very very funny. And then I guess this morning it was all made official. But the fact that they broke it, they had it on NBA on TNT, they had it on their marquee show. Meanwhile, every insider across the league was like, mm. 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 I, I think the interesting part of it too, Nothing. like there was a rumor that someone had pre-written the the release because it was starting to build. Sure. And then someone saw the pre-written release and ran with it. That's funny. But I don't know. That's I, terrific. I Either know. way, it's funny. Either uh, way, it's funny. Did yeah. Doc Rivers pull off a coup? Is that what they call him? Where you overthrow your little government or whatever? Yeah, that's, that's a coup de tat. Yeah. yeah. Did, did Doc Rivers pull that off? He, I hope not. But he might have. <laughs> He might have. I'll tell you, those things stick with you. He might have. If that's what happened, those things, uh, they do stick with you. That it's not widely, like, there are coaches around the league that they can't get that stink off of them because they may or may not have lobbied for a job behind the scenes and took over. Hell, Jason Kidd lobbied for one on national television. Mm. He lobbied for a job that was occupied on national television. Yeah, that's bad form. It is, but he's the head coach of the Dallas Mavericks. Yeah, or some would say he's the head coach of the Dallas Mavericks. He's out so, there just like us. He's just a spectator, just watching, just watching, just watching. Yeah, yeah. Um, what about the other? Uh, have you been watching this Dallas Cowboys situation and and the tweets? Heard uh, like the I haven't I haven't seen the tweets. Oh my goodness, so the AU Cowboys. CD Lamb's mom uh, going at Dak Prescott. Dak is not it. 
Uh, she she put it out there that Uh, she would like to see her son get traded. She put it out there that some would love to play with uh, C.J. Stroud. This sounds familiar. And then yeah, we were talking about that too. What? What? It shifted after that though. What was the next? It was uh, it it wasn't just her. Dak's brother got in there. Dak's brothers got in there, and then. Uh, Michael Parsons' brother got in Michael there as well. Parsons oh my God! No, yeah, it was a family affair. It was a family affair. It's a family. What affair. is going on? And this, <laughs> this is all like Dak. Like I, I, we, we had a like I, I was actually doing some research on on Dak. Not this, but you know, Dak has a huge cap hit this year. He also has a lame duck year, and there was, or he, you know, he has the final year of his contract. Yeah. He could potentially go into the lame duck year, but you know. Seven weeks ago, it was a foregone conclusion that Dak was going to sign a massive contract extension. He was the MVP. He could have been. Yeah, he was. He was the MVP mm. according to some. And now it's like, who's going to be the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys moving forward? Now, if you're sticking with Mike McCarthy, Dak Prescott's your quarterback next year. Clearly, you have no interest in change. If you're not changing Mike McCarthy, I don't think you're changing the quarterback position. It's just a question of. Will Dak agree to any sort of restructure, or will will he just play out the final year with that fifty nine million dollar cap hit? Yeah. So because all of this other stuff with moms and brothers and sisters that that doesn't mean anything. Also hilarious too, that as we are all familiar with here in the city of Sacramento, it ultimately doesn't. We mean are anything. also we are. hilarious that CD Lamb's like get Dak. CD Lamb's mom's like get Dak out of here, and his brother's like we've been trying to get him out of here. Oh yeah, uh, Dak's brother. Trust me, if we could get if I could get Dak to leave Dallas, I would. And then uh, and then Michael Parsons' brother Terrence Jr. post take forty million to pack your bags. Like shots. Good lord. Shots fired. Oh my goodness. Oh, it's good stuff. Next thing you know, they'll hire Luke Walton. Oh, well. I mean, like, look, at, at that was end, uncalled for. Sorry, Luke. Th- that was uncalled for. I apologize. Uh we did see Dave Yeager might join yeah. Doc Rivers. Yeah, that's a that's a good look. Yeah. Um it's a good look for, for, for Dave Yeager. Um however Doc got the job, he's got a job to do. Like he's he has the expectations are very clear. Uh, he has to do something he only did back in 2008. There's no suitable scenario besides that. You take a job with a 30 and 13 team. It's because vibes are clearly bad for whatever reason, and they recognize through 43 games that you can't win a championship. They've decided Doc can be the guy. It's fine. Doc has his shortcomings. We all know what they are, but it's a it's it's a it's a high bar for Doc Rivers. Yeah. And I don't think he's going to be given the grace of oh well he joined the team 40 games into the season. No, he he's his job is to go win a championship. Team That's on the court job. is second in the East right now. There's no yeah. we need to like even with all the issues they're still mm-hmm. winning ball games. So yeah. there's no um grace period. I even I, like I think Dave Yeager is a great coach to have alongside Doc Rivers. He is one of the best X's nose guys that you're going to find. Uh, we we saw the big shift here in Sacramento where he went from the grit and grind to uh, like the speed crazy uh, up and down offense that was so much fun to watch. But hidden within that was that coming out of timeouts, coming out of breaks, coming out of uh, halftime, like his in game adjustments, his in game like was top notch. And I think that that's something that Doc can really use. And I, I think it's a good marriage if, if uh, Dave does end up being you know part of the piece. I like Dave. He, I, th- I thought he got a raw deal here. Um, he's a unique guy for sure. Oh, yeah, he's unique. I, I, 
I like Dave. Yeah, I, I like him too. We we, uh, we still. He also could be one of those guys who's better as an assistant. Like that's not unusual where you have a guy who maybe he's not the best leader because so much goes into being a head coach, right? Yeah. Like maybe he's not the best at that. But from a basketball perspective, I think Dave Yeager is really, really good. Yep. Uh, and he might be one of those guys who just winds up being a really, really good assistant for a really long time. Yep, I agree. All right, uh, we got to check out. Uh, Jesse is going to stick around and hang out with D'Lo and Casey. I am going to leave and just go home. And You'll be back. I'll be back. I'll be back at 3 o'clock uh, from 3 to 4. Very good. And uh, we'll have more conversations. You've been listening to The Insiders, brought to you by Jiffy Lube. We'll see you tomorrow. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 